This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the Quarter Pounder with cheese. Mm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Delivery. so the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to episode 150 of the Stacey West podcast. Unusually, I'm Gary. There is no Ben today and he'll already be upset because I think he wanted to be on episode 150 and we said we were going to miss it, uh, but it sounds like nonsense. So this is episode 150. I am joined today by Funtime Jake. How are you doing, pal? Yeah, um, I, I just said to you before, I think I'm a bit of a bad mood because of the uh, car is going to fail at MOT. So um Tell the yeah, story because it tell the story. Uh, yeah, so I've 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 had a bit of a, a bit of a, a bit of a shit time with my car recently. I've, I I drove into my gate a couple of years ago. Had a different colour wing. I I reversed into a uh, a Tesco trolley aisle, which put me back bumper off. And then on the way to the garage to go and get it to get it fixed a couple of weeks ago, I, I clipped wing mirrors of a Mercedes, and the wing mirror come off my car and flew into the driver's side window and smashed it in my face. So. Um, you know, it's it, it's been a really good year to be honest. Spending so much money on my car and and no money on football, and and then obviously you go to the football for an escape, and you know, like I went to Crew on Tuesday. And I think the best part about it was the um was the Mackies I had on the way out. You're not liking a trip to Crew to a failed MOT, are you? Surely. <laughs> well, no, not not as such, but I mean. Is, isn't crew quite a big part for cars? I don't really know. I didn't really spend much time there. I was only there for the, I only got there about 10 minutes before kickoff. So no, it was a bit of a, I'm guessing it was, it's a bit of a car place because, you know, Stoke's a bit boring, isn't it? A bit like cars to me. It's, well, I think crew's more known for its railways, isn't it? Hence the railway. Oh, oh shit. Yeah. Well, that's a great, that's a great, I've not really done my research. So probably why I'm an adequate replacement for Ben then. I, 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 don't, yeah, I don't think that's research. I, don't, I think that's just facts. But um, yeah, so uh, that's good. I mean, not, not wanting to make it worse for you, but I took my car for an MOT two weeks ago and it went straight through. Oh, bro. So, bro. But there, there is a difference that I don't have a habit of hitting things <laughs> in my car. Well, I try not to, but other but people. Sound but, like it. No, uh, other people just put their stuff in the way of my car and it, it causes problems. And then. What, like, yeah. like a static trolley park. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, and it's got to go out of my bank account to fix it. And I'm 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 in the process of suing Tesco's for the placement of it already. Yeah, yeah. Good luck with that. Um, <laughs> good luck with that. So, yeah, so here we are, Stacey West Podcast. Now, it's interesting to note that this is actually the very first one uh, that Ben has ever missed. So he was 149 not out, um, which I think is better than England did in the first test um significantly and i know that he wanted to be on the 150th but we were going to do this time thing where we were like this is episode 151 and then do a, a, a time travel but it all sounded a bit marvel comics to me so i've been that off rather and um how does it feel to me and you for the first time let loose together do, do you know what guys um my barber listens to the stacy west podcast um uh, he, he recognized me when i came in because of all the preview videos and he said you know, one time I just really want Jake and Gaz to go on the pub because, like, they'd be disagreeing with each other. They've got strong opinions. And here we are, eventually. Because I think I'll, I came on the year we won League Two. I think that was all three of us. I came on a few times then. And then, it, obviously, I've filled in for you a few times. And and now, obviously, we've got the two alpha males coming up in a Zoom call. It's um, it's it hopefully going to be an interesting one. So I'm going to pick you up there because two things. One... I'm not, there's a bit of an echo, so I don't know if that's coming through every so often. Um, but one, me being described as an alpha male is, is wildly inaccurate. Uh, but two, I'm not quite sure what that means for Ben. If you and I are the alpha males, um, I'm not really sure where that puts him. I mean, does it does it make him effeminate? I think Rachel might be offended at that. Uh, well, I, th- I think he's more of a Delta or Charlie or, a, or an echo. He's somewhere a bit further down the pecking order. Yeah, he is. Well, there must be some code name for what he does with his on-air light turned on in his room, um, which is why he's not joining us tonight, basically. Uh, he's not on holiday or anything. He's, he's just getting lost in a, uh, a web of internet porn in his office, I think. Can you blame him? Times are hard. We've just gone into lockdown. So um, you've got to do what you've got to do to get through it. And if that's how, if that's how Ben wants to spend his uh, what now, with Thursday night watching anime porn or whatever, what he does... You know, so I'm pretty sure you just said we went into lockdown. Is it? We really have time travel. Is it 2020 again? <laughs> Jesus. Right. Let's talk some. Let's talk some football. That's probably what everybody's here for. Um, so obviously we'll start at the weekend. Saturday, Hartlepool United. It was a shock to uh, everybody outside of Lincoln, but I don't think anybody was really that surprised were they at the outcome, mate. No, I, obviously we, we can't score for for love and money, can we? And it sort of showed. We didn't really, from what I can remember, I mean, obviously I've, we've had the crew game in between, but I can't really remember any opportunities that we made against Hartlepool. I mean, you'll probably tell me different and tell me we had 45 indirect shots on target or something. And yeah, it was just, it wasn't great. Um, it was predictable, wasn't it? Like you said, uh, a team that, have, that, you know, they've just, they've, I pointed out on Twitter in the week that they've made a managerial appointment and it appears that, Everyone's getting that sort of bounce. Either some everyone's getting battered before they play us, and they've got that. Oh shit! Let's not let that happen again. Or they're getting a new manager coming in and 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 getting that bounce. And yeah, it was bad, wasn't it? Um, obviously, that the I don't want to say it didn't look like the players cared, um, but I, they just looked like oh, there was no imagination or anything like that. The team just looked poor, and we, you know, I can't really, as I said, I can't really recall any opportunities that we had and, and Hartlepool probably deserved it. You know, they, they probably should have been one up in the first half. Um, I don't know how he missed that sitter down. The, uh, the, is it the crypto cloud end now, they call it? Um, and I don't know how he missed that, put that one wide. And then, you know, Fiorini tops off a really good display in, uh, by putting it in his own net, I think. Is, is, is Fiorini the one that got credited with the goal? 
Uh, yeah, yeah, Fiorini was definitely the player that turned it in his own net. Um, Joe, I, I thought that we were just in control of the game in the first half. I thought Hartlepool were poor. Um, the opportunity that he missed, we gifted it. I thought their goalkeeper was um, was doing his best impression of Flappy Bird that internet <laughs> game. Every time it came at him, he was he was kind of pouring at it like a dog trying to get a tennis ball out from under a duvet. Um, and I, I just thought this is a game that we can win. And, and like you've just said, we just lacked imagination in that final third. And I mean, I, I don't even know if it's we created chances, but we never looked like scoring at all. And it's clear that we're completely toothless and all you need in that instance is, is one opportunity and they got the free kick, which would you know loaded into the box. Regan Paul's left his man. He's as much to blame for that goal as anybody mm. um, because he's got, you know, the guy at the back sticks, got the cross in uh, and it's, you know, Fiorini didn't really have an a, a decision to make. It, it hits him and goes in. So it's unfortunate for him. And you just knew after that we were going to do nothing. And, and we did create, but we didn't do anything with it. We got into the final third, you know, we got right up there. And then there was no finish. And a, a friend of mine um, likened it on WhatsApp. And I, I quite like this. He said he's basically like just a great session of good foreplay, um, but then picking <laughs> up, going home uh, and not actually finishing. And, and you know, I couldn't think of a better analogy myself. Yeah, I, yeah, clearly that's happened a few times to whoever that is that, that texts you that. But yeah, you have to give credit to Hartlepool, don't you? Because they're, they're, I thought their supporters were great. I mean, obviously you don't, you, you're here to talk about the football, but... Like the the limbs in the away end when they score, like it, oh, like, it looked like oh, carnage, yeah. and you just you think that that must be what it's like to score a goal. Like I, I was sat there. Do you know what I mean? It was they were, they were brilliant, weren't they? Real credit to the club. I think they're they're a good bunch of supporters. Anyway, I had mates that were supposed to come down, but in the Hartlepool end, but they never managed to make it down. And you know, I, I said he, he was thinking it's a long way to come for a defeat. I said, well, you, you've not seen us recently, and um, no, the, the limbs were brilliant, weren't they? And, oh. Oh, he's done it again. Oh, God. Oh. You've said the word limbs twice yes, in limbs. context on the Lim- Stacey West podcast. Look. My credibility is gone. I'm, I'm actually going red. I'm actually sat here going red. Well, OK, I won't mention that you've, you've been using GIFs and, and emojis <laughs> on social media recently, then, Gary. Or should, or should I say Andy? <laughs> Do not call me Andy Pearson. Do not call me Andy Pearson. I wonder what he's up to at the minute. He's muted. Uh, <laughs> On social media, no, no, of course he's not. Just, Probably having to go at Thog Dad in the comment section. I hope so. I hope so because that Thog Dad is a prick. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, look, you're quite right. I mean, the problem that I have, the fundamental problem I have with Hartlepool fans is that they went and caused issues. I think in the town yeah. afterwards, and you know, great fans are great fans if they come in the right spirit and the right mm. nature. And quite clearly, that you know, a section of Hartlepool support didn't. But you know, there was a real feel of kind of you know the small club coming and beating us which is quite nice because for many years Hartlepool have been not a bigger club we're a sim- we're similar sized clubs and we just kind of pass each other in the night <clears> they were first team we ever played I don't think that they won that game I think that we lost that game and I know that sounds silly but yeah, they didn't have to come and beat us we beat ourselves we beat ourselves by not making the most of our possession Y Scout don't actually do stats for FA Cup games um, which probably is a good thing but I still think we did enough comfortably to win that game until mm. we got to the final third. And that's that's the problem. You know, as, as we've seen, as we spoke last week, Carlisle, and as we've seen, um, again, again, we're going to move on to recruit. 
it only takes one goal to beat us because we don't have a goal in us. I mean, when was the last time we scored a goal in the league? Was it Sheffield uh, Wednesday away? Uh, Shrewsbury at home. It's Shrewsbury at home. So what was that? Round October? A month ago. A Halloween weekend, wasn't it? Yeah, October the 30th. And yeah, that's that's we know it's not good enough. Yeah, we we know it's not good enough. We get that, we understand that. Um and and let's face it, you know, moving on to crew, you were there first half. Yeah. I th- yeah, I thought we were gonna probably score a goal. Yeah, and I, I thought we did. I mean there's there was a I mean, I I I sort of say this before the, the game, there was a bit of a where we were stood, there was a bit of a hoo-ha about sitting and standing. Obviously, I think we took just over two hundred and fifty and we were there was an element of supporters that wanted to stand and these old people behind wanted to sit down and it was causing carnage. You know, there were like swear words and shouting and abusing going on in the stand before the game. You can't imagine what that must be for the players, but, you know, it all got sorted out. And then in the in the, um, in the the first half, well, I thought Teddy had scored. You know, the way it bounced off the, the stick behind the goal, whatever that's called, and, and sort of rolled across. I thought that was in. You know, you look at Hakeem. Hakeem should have scored. Um yeah, we, I don't know how we didn't score, but it was, you know, like you said, we didn't really play that bad, and you could sort of tell that we were that we look a better side with Liam Bricker in the in in the side because then you can you can move Conor McGrandles, and I thought Conor McGrandles was playing in more advanced areas where we saw we saw him last year, you know, linking up with the wide players. It was Hakeem and, and Teddy on um, was it Teddy? Teddy played wide left, I think. Maybe yeah, anyway, um, he, he he linked up with the wide men a far you know, far um, to greater effect. And we just looked a bit better. You know, crew didn't really offer much. They had a few shots go wide and over in the first half. Um, I don't think Josh really was was forced to make a save. And then and then obviously you go into the second half and we sort of pressed self-destruct a little bit, didn't we? Yeah, I mean, just to pick up on the first half, I think the perception's quite interesting. Um, it was actually Cohen Bramwell played wide left. With, oh, yeah, that, um, there's a reason I try and forget him, Gary. <laughs> you you asked Chris and Luca and everyone that I go with. I am. I don't know about you guys, but I'm I'm not a really big fan of, of Cohen. I I just think he's a a pace merchant. If he was, you know, is somebody that you would play on FIFA that would have Mbappe. Ronaldo play and Neymar as a front three, and you think, oh fucking hell, I'm in for a right shit afternoon. And then he gets on the ball, and as you saw at, at Carlisle, he, he's a bit, he's like Ollie Palmer, but somehow worse. I don't know. I mean, I don't like to call out players, but I will call out Callum Bramwell because I think he's, um, I think he's probably one that should be going towards the exit door in, in the winter. Although we can't really afford to let him go, can we? Well, I think Bramwell was a uh, a project player, if I'm honest. I mean, I'll come on to that later, but I think he's a player that we've looked at and seen the pace and thought, you know, if we can harness the rest of the ability around that pace, then we'll do very well. And I think he's also one probably that's been negatively affected by um, by the, the form. I think there's one or two players. We, we talked in the Hartlepool bit there about one or two players who you know didn't look up for it. I, I don't think it's that as much. I think that it's confidence and I think it's... Yeah, one or two players will. And you talk about hacks, you know, had hacks put that chance away in the first half against mm. Crew, yes, we would have been in the lead, but I think it would also give him the confidence. And I think then as the game progressed, you know, he wanted to give the ball away all the time. Um, he didn't mm. want to hold on to it. He didn't want to take responsibility. Interestingly, actually, in the first half, um, you know, I've got to get XG in here. Um, Crew, crew actually had about a half, uh, 0.75 XG, seven shots, one on target. We actually only had three shots with one on target. But we would, it's it, every week we say this, 
but we were the better team. You know, mm. I think we showed more attacking intent, just nothing in the final third. And look, Michael changed it. People criticise Michael and say he's got no plan, but he's changed it. He's gone 4-1-4-1. He's tried to shake it up. But who do you put at the head? Chris Maguire, not a centre forward. Dan and Lundley, you know, I've said it before, couldn't finish an ice cream. I, I just, I, it, that's the problem that we've got. You know, you want Tom Hopper. Tom Hopper plays there, okay, he's not 20 goal a season striker, but he puts that ball up, he puts the hacks chance away. Yeah, a lone player, you would like to think Morgan Whitaker puts that away. You'd like to think three times out of four, Scully puts it away if he's playing on the flank. So there's a player we missed out on and two that's injured, an entire forward line. And then when you couple that with, you know, a few other things, it's just reflective of where we are. I thought Liam Bridcott looked to have a decent half. Yeah, he gave the ball away once or twice, mm. um, but he, he plays that pivot role. Uh, and like you say, he went in at half time and you know, he sat there thinking, we can get something from this, even if it's a draw. If it's a draw, fair enough, even if it's a draw. And we come out. And to be fair, you know, we'll, we'll do the first one, first of all. If that, and I, I'm doing the inverted commas thing with my fingers, people won't see it. But if that penalty isn't given, I think the game finishes nil-nil. I think it's got nil-nil written all over it all day long. But it was given. I mean, I've, I've had my mate Pete who listens to this message me and say it's the worst penalty decision he's ever seen. And I'm pretty sure he saw Sammy Smodic dive at the end of last season. Do you know what? I didn't think it was the foul that Lewis committed. I thought I'd saw, because last came on at half-time, didn't he? Um I thought Lass had put two hands in the back of the guy behind the guy, Lewis Fowler. So I thought I was sat there in the stand going, oh, yeah, it's definitely a penalty. And then I see the clip about, you know, two, well, 20 minutes, 20 minutes later after the damage is done. And I go, and you go, well, what the fuck's he given that for? It, didn't, it was like the contact's outside the box, isn't it? Lewis, Lewis and the, whoever it is, and I, he's not really important enough to, to know his name. They collide outside the box and, you know, referees, and that's a really big decision in that game, isn't it? And he, he, and then obviously they get the tails when they go and get another one. But the, I mean, it was a well taken penalty. Can we, can we say that? It, you know, Mandron stuck it away nicely. And, um, as I say, they, they got the tails up. And I think it, I don't know his first name, but Wright, who, the number 10, the, the blonde lad who, who played for them, he was, yeah, I thought it was, yeah, quite a good game, actually. He was quite, you know, dogged up front and obviously he won that second penalty, didn't he? No, no arguments about the second one. If there was arguments about the first one, but I don't think there's any arguments about the second one. Do you think they get the second one? Do you think their tails are up enough to be attacking? Yeah, like I, I think, if yeah, I think. The first? You give you give a side, you know, that, that, that had won twice uh, before all season and they're winning again. They've not really been used to being in, in a position. You think, you know, like Michael said in his post-match, you know, you think, right, we'll just compose ourselves. And he thought we could still win the game at this point. But I think I think the players sort of took the opposite approach to, to play it. You know, we had gone, well, we've, we've conceded now. We're just going to lay back because we know we can't score. And I think that was an attitude amongst the supporters that went as well. And they got the tails up, didn't they? I think it was loose possession in the middle of the park. They they bounced straight back onto it, and then look what what TJ did was probably the right decision in terms of because I thought they were probably going to score. Um, I think I felt TJ had to take action. I don't think he was right to send him off. Uh, I mean, I've probably got this all wrong because uh, of the double jeopardy rule, but uh, you know it, it was a definite penalty. And but when, if you're TJ in that situation where you've got a little, you know you've got that little kid running towards the goal and it looks like he's going to score, do you take the let them go 2-0 up and you've definitely not got a chance or do you let Josh Griffiths try and save a penalty and 
I think TJ might made the right decision, but I think the referee made the wrong one straight after. Yeah, I, I think your hairdresser's going to like this bit uh, because I, I disagree. I think, you know, you, you don't, if you give a penalty away, let's say eight times out of 10, the penalty scored. So if you're fouling a player with a risk of a red card, there's, a tw- there's only a 20% chance that that's going to stop what you're thinking the outcome is going to be anyway. And the position that he's in, yes, he might score, but you'd seen what crew were like in front of goal. They were as bad as we were. You know, yeah. They missed a couple of sitters as well. So you know, I, I don't think it was the right decision, especially not when there's a potential for going down to 10 men. You've already seen the referee make an absolutely abhorrent decision two, two minutes earlier. Um, he's made the right decision. It's a penalty. I think he's made the right decision to send TJ off. If I'm honest, because it's yeah, you know, if that foul's in the mid, it's a deliberate foul to stop the player. That that's I think we can agree on that, isn't yeah. it? It's a deliberate foul. Now, if that's a deliberate foul in the middle of the field, that's a booking. For me, yeah. you're talking about last man and all that sort of thing. It's a deliberate foul to stop a chance, not to stop a player getting past you and potentially create a chance. We've seen, I think we saw Conor, was it Conor McGrandall's booked for that against Hartlepool potentially? Yeah, I think so. Um, or one of the one of the Hartlepool lads rather was booked for taking one of our boys out, whichever it was. For me, you're in the you're in the area when you do it. It's I'm going to hesitate. I'm going to stop short of saying brainless, although I've said it. Um, but I'm going to. It's not quite that. But for me, a tactical foul like that can only take place outside the area or where there's no danger of a red card. Mm. And if they score the second goal, and you've still got ten men on the field, uh, ten outfield players on the field, you're still in with a chance. When you're mm. Lincoln City, you haven't scored in a month, and you're down to ten men. It's just, do you know what I mean? And then you're having to shuffle Regan Paul here and Ted Bishop there, and mm. you know, at that point, you, you just think, I just want to, I just want to stop it. I just want to stop this now because, yeah. I just for me, not right. But it's you know, you look at really, you look at before the two penalties, the substitutions at half time. Don't fill me with confidence. So Bridcott, Liam Bridcott had to come off. Mm. We need him fit. We need him fit for a prolonged period. Luis Fiorini, decent player, but one that I think is just a bit too young. He's not quite got the character that you need in this situation. And I think that's the case, you know, with one or two of our young players. Um, and as for Lass, I actually quite like Lass. And I know people have a pop at him. I think had he signed and we hadn't lost key players or we'd signed the players that we wanted to, we would see less of Lass. But what we would see would be better because he's still a young player learning his trade. But again, when you make that change and Jamie Robson came off, who was a tactical, apparently, but I just found that quite, quite tough. I think, I, yeah, I, as soon as I heard the changes that were being made at half time, my first thought was game over. The, no, I mean, I'm arguing this sort of point. I think after we'd gone down to 10 men, we seemed to have a bit more of a go than we did in the first 10 minutes of the second half. I, I can seem to remember the ball was... It was quite an end-to-end afterwards, but I can seem to remember we had a, I think we had a call for a penalty. Um, obviously, I think we we in the in the crowd we were a little bit might have been a bit desperate at that point, but we thought we could be in for a chance of a penalty. I think um, I think Teddy had another have a shot on target. I think Fiorini had a couple of shots. Um, so we sort of, we came out after going down to t- going down two goals, and we looked like we we could create something, but you know it's it's. Same old, same old, isn't it? And uh, it, with 20 minutes to go, however long it was, he had to bring Dan on because we had to go long, didn't we? we? And that's where Appleton changed it, I thought. We we had to hit, be able to hit Dan, but Dan doesn't like to jump. And people people who I go to the football with, well, they they know how much I really rate Dan and how much I like him. 
But he just sort of showed his naivety on Tuesday night, I thought. He just he didn't look like he wanted to run around. He didn't look like he wanted to jump for the ball. He was just sort of happy playing the left left and right wing roles that, that we that we like to play. And he didn't as I say, when Dan comes on, you don't think, Oh Christ, right, we're gonna score a goal now. We think Right, he's going to probably not even really affect the the play and the scoreline, which is a shame because he's got a lot of potential. But but yeah, it was. I thought we had a bit more of a go of it after we'd gone down to ten. I mean, I don't know what you think, but I yeah, we we seemed to be the ball was in their half more. It seemed, and I, that that's just what I thought. Well, I, I don't think there's there's not a lot of choice really. You have to you ten men. I mean, you know, we still went to a four three one one. So actually we didn't go for broke mm. um we you know we brought like you say we brought Dan on on what 61 minutes mm. uh and like went long tried to talk didn't have the width always susceptible at the back but actually we still had four defenders and three central midfielders in the second half Kira had nine shots six on target two of those were penalties fair enough we had seven shots so we actually from open play created as many chances as crew the difference is um that they got four of theirs on target we got one on target Again, I mean, it's just you know our, our shots on target ratio compared to the teams that we're playing is 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 appalling. You know, it was twenty percent on target against Crew compared to forty three point seven. It's twenty two percent against Carlisle compared to fifty seven. It's twenty three percent against Accrington compared to thirty eight. Twenty percent against yeah, one in five shots is on target. Four in five of our efforts are off target. And, and you're quite right. You bring down Lundaloo on, and you know he he didn't start well for the club. He picked up the injury in pre-season. It kept him back when he came in. He missed a sitter against Man City. Man United, good for two. Uh, Man United, rather sorry. Um, he, he, he looked good for two games, which was uh, Burton and Wigan. And you know he, he was talking about how the penny had dropped, and he was going to be this, and he was going to be that, and he's going to run away from the ball, and. He, but do you know what? This is people who know me know what a statement this is. I would rather have Ollie Palmer up front. And Joe, you know I, I I disliked Ollie Palmer with a passion because I thought he was arrogant and selfish, and I don't think that he was a team player. Uh, and I, he was one of the worst headers of a ball for a six foot plus player I'd ever seen until this season. And you know you can't go long and aim at down on Lundaloo. One, because he's a young boy, he doesn't have the physicality to out-muscle some of the defenders. But you can't say that about Crew. Uh, Pete, again, referencing Pete, he sent me a list. Crew's average age, down in the low 20s the other night. That's why, they're, that's why they're low down, because they haven't got the characters to get out of the relegation fight either. I think we have. They're on the bench, or um, they're, they're injured at the moment. I think January will help. But, you know, we're here talking about, as soon as the goal went in, away at the bottom team. And you know, I'm looking at their stats, 16 shots, seven on target, the bottom team that can't score. XG, 2.75. So technically, we should have lost that actually 3-1. Mm. Um, they played more passes than us. They had more possession than us. So we can't claim that either. I don't think it was as bad. I think Carlisle and Crew have been two performances where they're games that we should have won. And I think they were better than Accrington, better than Hartlepool and better than Portsmouth. Mm. But... We haven't got anything from any of those games. We've gone out of both cups and slipped into the bottom six of League One in the space of a week. Um, and and still, still we're here going, oh, but we're just not far away. Yeah, yeah. You, you, I mean, I will give props to the club if I can. Um, Alan Long was... Well, somebody's got to do Ben's job, haven't they? <laughs> well, yeah, the thing is, I, I did need to sort of brown the club at some point and if, I, if I've got a chance of becoming Ben Ward. But um, Alan Long was outside the away end with uh, three hot drink vouchers which was 
which was quite, you know, a good thing to see because it was bloody freezing yeah. it at Crew on Tuesday night, and it was good of them to um, to give out to give out that sort, you know, that as a show of uh, a gesture like that. And I mean, the staff behind the uh, the bar were useless, but the the hot drink was quite nice actually. He says choking on yeah, a cup no. of tea, but. <laughs> yeah, it was not. It was. It was good. It was. Um. It was. It was a. I needed to tick it off, so I thought I'd best go. And yeah, it was. The, the football was disappointing, but the experience was wasn't too bad. Actually, I didn't think. No, I quite like Crew as a ground. Um, I'll just do a bit more XG by the way. Do you know it was our highest XG against Crew than uh, all the way back since we beat Wigan, one point one one, which tells you in in itself how bad it is. Because actually, we we just you know I talk. I say we're creating chances, but that's not right. We're getting in positions where we could create chances. I think that's the worst thing. Our XG is 1.2. So we shouldn't be averaging more than a goal a game and we're not. Um, so actually, we, we were better. <laughs> we were better than, uh, than, than we have been. But I'll, I'll be honest, and listeners won't be overly thrilled by this. I don't see us getting a goal or a point until New Year. I don't mm. see where it's coming from. And that's not being, being pessimistic. <clears throat> and it's not, I'm not, you know, I, I don't I'll get caught for this. I don't blame Michael. I think we can look at the player we missed out on, fair enough, but we've lost our number nine. And, and you can see now what Tom does. Tom links up the play, brings in the wider players. We've lost Scully now for a, a, a period of time. He'd got, what well, he was in double figures by, by the big end of bloody September or whatever, and he, he disappeared. And, and so when you lose your leading scorer and you lose your number nine, and I know Bridges has only just come back, but you lose your captain. We've lost our best centre-half. There's four players that would be in the starting eleven without any of the transfer issues. If those four players start on Tuesday night against Crew, we win that game. And I'll I'll say that now. Even with people going, Dan Anandalu's not good. Cohen Bramwell shouldn't be near the team. Hakeem Adelikan struggling. And and whoever else, you know, let's be honest. Ted Bishop, and we keep hearing that he's championship quality. I've not seen that as yet. Luis Fiorini, he has a lot of efforts. But since his little three-goal spell, those efforts have gone high, wide and handsome every time. All the keepers literally, you know, sat down and had a picnic before they arrived there. So these are, you know, the, the reason I've said that is because if you say, when I think about it, you say Bramall, Adelican and then Lundlu, if you're calling those three out, there's something, you know, I don't want it to be seen that I'm looking at players and saying they're poor and then certain players of another, like Fiorini and, and, and Sorensen, for instance, who, who I'm not calling out. You know, mm. Hakeem and um, Dan stand out, I think, as the, the weakest of the summer deals. And I defended both of them early doors because I know that on paper, both of them look very, very good. And I had this conversation earlier. You know, we talk about the summer recruitment. I was asked for Siren FM earlier. Um, was the recruitment that bad this summer? And I think when you look on paper, are you a football manager player, Jake? You play football? Uh, yeah, yeah, I do. I, I like to dabble in it. I've, I've had a few... Uh, achievements, not quite like Jay Cartwright off the in-betweeners. I didn't take Woking to the, the Champions League final in six years and get a job in the England setup, but uh, I've not done too badly. So as a football manager, you you look, you, it's all stats-based. So yeah. you know, anyone that calls me out for talking about football as stats-based and then plays football manager, and I know you haven't done that, but there are some, It's they're all stats-based. So if you were to look at the, the point that we kicked off this season at our signing, so if you were to look at Hakeem Adelikan come out of the Championship, 200, 150 games at this level, 800,000 Bristol City patron. 
Dan and Lundlu, 12 other clubs in for him, 12 times he's played for Southampton. Um, those two players look like huge signings. And I know when both arrived, there was a lot of excitement around the club at what they could do. The other player, I think, that caused the excitement was Ted Bishop. So those three players were like this trio of players that were meant to come in and they were going to replace, and I hate saying the names, but Dan and Lundlu was going to be the new Morgan Rogers or was going to be the new attacker. Um, Hakiba Delican was going to be our Brennan Johnson. We owned him, and Ted Bishop was going to be the George Grant. That was that was the idea. Yes, there were slight downgrades on those players because of the market, but there was a real enthusiasm and excitement that would sign these players because on paper they look very, very good, very, very good indeed. The problem that you've got is actually in practice, and I know that people laugh at me and say I'm stating the obvious. Those players have not proven to be what we hoped. When we recruited them and what the stats said and what the previous experience said that they were going to be, you can't legislate for that. You can't go to Michael, well, you've got it wrong, because technically up until the point he signed those players, he hasn't got it wrong. What's gone wrong, and I personally, I don't always do this, I am blaming the players for the position that we're in, if I have to blame anybody. And I think that the injuries haven't helped. I think there's been other factors that have really been detrimental. But what I see is a Lincoln City that's kind of fallen apart a little bit. But I still see Michael's plan in there, still see the form of football that we play that was the same as last season. I still see that if he had got confident players and he had got leaders and he had got and the players that he had signed were doing what he hoped they were going to do for him, we wouldn't be top six. But I don't think there would be bottom eight either. And I, I, that's why I've still got ultimate faith in Michael, because I don't people say, you know, it's getting worse. We've got to get rid of him. He can't do anything. He can't do anything at the moment. He hasn't been able to since he lost all the other players, since he lost players to injury. He can't bring anybody in. People going, oh, Hal Robson Carnu, what a great signing he'd be. Really? Has he got like 10 goals in the last five years? I don't know. I'd have to check that. Somebody. A very famous goal. That, a, a very famous goal though, Gary, wasn't it? The one goal that he has scored in the last five years was quite famous. Yeah, but yeah, it was quite famous. I mean, I, I don't know. I'll have a look in a minute and see what he has. But people are going, oh, we'll get Hal robson Carney. That'll be good. Hal robson Carney is not the answer to our problems. That's no disrespect to him. But do you know what I mean? You, people are, well, we should have signed free agents. And unfortunately, you know, once the transfer window went the way it did, we needed our players to stay fit. And that hasn't happened. And unfortunately, that's that's where we are. And do you know what? We lose against crew. If we lose against Cheltenham, we lose against Doncaster. People are saying, well, his job's got to be, his job's got to be in, uh, it's got to be questioned in terms of Michael. It hasn't because nothing's changed. Nothing's changed from us drawing nil-nil with Doncaster. These results were coming. These results were coming, unfortunately. And I didn't see it personally. I thought that we were going to have enough to fight through it. But, you know, after we lost to Portsmouth, you kind of look in and thinking we've got no characters and leaders. And where do you go? Do you know what I mean? It's, Nothing's going to change. You scored 21 goals in 143 appearances for West Brom, which is in a five-year spell, by the way, Hal robson Carney, Answer to our problems. It, well, yeah, obviously. Well, the amount, the amount of times you get tagged in tweets about Hal robson Carney, it seems to be by the, you know, last week it was by the hour. I mean, is I, it... I is, must have muted the right people. <laughs> is it, look, he's a, he's a good footballer. Would he would he come in and and be as good as, or if better than what we've already got? Well, yes, yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, because I am a Dan fan. Yeah, I think how, but he's not played for six months or however long it's been. And it takes time for players to get up to match speed. You know, we saw that with Hacks, didn't we? Hacks was rather poor in the first half of the season, had to play his way into match fitness. And 
have we really got the time? Because in the position that we're first in... Off, first half of the season, Hacks was poor in the first half. You've been watching recently, haven't you, Jay? You've not been great in the second half of it. Well, well no, this is... Get, right, I'm, I'm making a point, but if if, if we bring Hal robson Carnu in, maybe say, you know, if we bring him in tomorrow, for example, he's then got to play his way into fitness, hasn't he? Exactly like Hakeem has done, with a way that we're sort of not sliding towards the bottom four of the table, but sort of casually glossing down the way you know, down you know, down to the basement. You know, we've, we've taken the long route, but we're getting there. And is is Hal robson Garnu going to make an impact on Saturday against Cheltenham if we sign him tomorrow? No, of course he's not. You know, I, I think we're better off waiting for the targets that Appleton has reportedly spoke to, has reportedly agreed, whoever it's going to be. Um I think we're better off waiting for those because Appleton would have a process with them, wouldn't he? You know, you look at Whitaker. There's quite clearly a space in this team for Morgan Whitaker, and I think I think the one that I've seen linked today as as Pompey was Liam Cullen as well from Swansea. You know, if Appleton has identified these people, they're going to be able to fit into the system that Appleton wants to play. You would hope, like we have with Dan and, and Hakeem, but you know, it, it swings and roundabouts, isn't it, really? Yeah, I think, again, we'll, we'll move on. Do you have the timer, by the way? Because I don't have the timer, so I don't know how far uh, how far on we are or not. Um, uh, but, yeah, um, sorry. So Liam Cullen been linked, 22-year-old, not played a lot of football. I think that's the only issue that you've got now, is that people, people don't think that signing a Morgan Rogers is going to be the big help because we now need the leaders to get us out of the battle. Whereas, yeah, it's going to be tough. Like you say, there's a space for Morgan Whitaker in this team. There's a space for three Morgan Whitakers. So mm. um, we shall see. I, I would be surprised if we signed um, Cullen and Whitaker, but who knows? I mean, there's obviously other players heavily linked with the club, both officially and unofficially. Um, so we'll see. I think that we will make significant moves, if I'm honest. Yeah. I think that there has to be statements um, and it's probably, dare I say it, the most important transfer window Lincoln City have had um, in their history, because obviously the transfer window hasn't been around for a long while. Previous transfer windows haven't had to be getting us out of out of the stuck. You know, for instance, when we signed David Sommer, it was quite it wasn't a winter window. It wasn't a one month window. I think we could sign. I think we signed him sort of heading into February or whatever. So, <laughs> yeah, we shall see. I've just seen that Liam Cullen. Yeah. How how long have we been recording, Jake? How long have we got there? Uh, I think we started at I think we started at five o'clock. So I think okay, we, cool. I think we're probably 30, I think we're probably thirty five in. I would get because no, I can't no. actually see. I don't think how long we've been recording. No, I can't either. So listeners, if we're going, if we're running over at all, our apologies. But both me and Jake um, apparently are not that good with technology. It took <laughs> us twenty minutes to find a platform to record on because we tried doing it the way Ben does it. And there was there was the usual problems that Jay, uh, that Ben has, and we were just like, should we just use something else? Yeah. Um, well, yeah, but yeah, then, but Gary, then I sent you the details for the Zoom call on Skype, and you closed it down. Who has Skype open regularly? We were having a <laughs> WhatsApp conversation. Who has Skype open? You was Shelton. active. You was Shelton. Shelton. I'm, al- yeah, on, I'm always I'm always active, Jake. Always active. I just don't always finish. Um, so it's Cheltenham Town at the weekend. Uh, you know they've. They look like they've been on a bad run because obviously they've conceded nine goals in two games and lost twice. But before that, I think they were unbeaten in eight. Uh, but three of those games were against Gillingham, um, which which is interesting. So, yeah, I think it's going to be a 
you know, it's going to be Lincoln nil. It's just whether it's going to be Cheltenham nil or whether Cheltenham are going to get a goal, I think, isn't it? Yeah, I've I've sort of backed um, Cheltenham to win to nil this weekend, which sounds quite negative. But yeah, I think they're they're aside. Well, they're above us in the table, aren't they? They're they're doing fairly well for a team that have come up from the the division below. Obviously, they won the league last year, didn't they? Um, They're another team that have just come off a bit of a battering. Um, I think I seem to remember Accrington came in off a four nil defeat when they played us couple of weeks ago and then uh, Cheltenham got beat 5-0 in the last game by by Cambridge so you'd think that that Duff who's a manager obviously that's really well respected I think he's probably been touted for a few jobs that have gone on in the division above um, yeah you'd think that, that Duff would rally his troops and and try and get a reaction out of his team and well what what team better to play at the minute than can't score a goal Lincoln City Football Club you know who who you know, are lacking ideas, and I think we're probably the right opposition for them to 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 get a reaction. But no, Cheltenham are a, they're a, they're a fairly good side. Obviously, they've got a couple of former faces in amongst their ranks, haven't they? Obviously, Ellis is there, and and Sean Long's there. I think he was captain the other night. So yeah, it'd be a difficult game. Um, we're not going to score, are we? Because that's just not the our style these days. But I'm sure Appleton will um will rally the troops. And, uh, and we'll try and make sure we have a, a better XG than 1.1. Yeah, that, I mean, Cheltenham, they they play quite a, a, a fluid formation. They were 3-4-1-2 against Cambridge, which you would imagine they probably won't play again. 4-2-3-1 when they drew 2-2 with Bolton. Um, they've played 3-5-2 as well, which is kind of like our crypt tonight, isn't it? So they're, they're quite flexible in the way that they approach the game. I would suggest that they probably approach the game based on the opposition rather than on their own game plan, which is something that stifles us. When we play teams who um, want to play their own game, we actually don't do bad. Wigan, Sheffield Wednesday, I mean, Rotherham were, were very, very good, but Rotherham, they come to us, they play the way they want to play football and that's good for us because then we can play our game. It's almost like, oh, you're not looking at us properly. Whereas when a team comes to stop us, Hartlepool did it, Accrington did it, Shrewsbury did it. When teams come and go, right, we'll stop Lincoln City playing. That's that's the thing. When you when you lack ideas and a team comes and goes, right, we're going to look at stopping any ideas that they have, and you only have one idea in the game, it, it's kind of, it, it's a problem. And there's a few players I really like at Cheltenham. Dan Crowley is one who I'm not quite sure how he ended up at Cheltenham, if I'm honest. I thought that he uh, he would he was decent for Hull, uh, real threat, really, really surprised that he ended up at Cheltenham. I think he went to Gillingham on, on trial as well and wasn't picked up. So I don't know whether there's an attitude thing there, but if there was, obviously it doesn't seem to be a major problem at Cheltenham. Ellis is doing really well, as you say. Sam Long's there as well. I quite like Liam Serkham in the midfield for them. Uh, and I think they've got Matty Blair as well. So they're they're a good side. Look, I really like Michael Duff. I think he's I think he's a really good manager. I don't think that you can underestimate understate the job that he's done in getting Cheltenham out of League Two, uh, in in what is quite a tough division. You've got player teams like Mansfield and Forest Green who spend money every year to do it. But Cheltenham haven't bought their way out of the division. They've fought their way out of the division. I respect that. Um, I respect that massively. And yeah, I'm not I'm not bigging up an opposition team and kind of going, oh, they're, they're brilliant and all that sort of stuff. But they're 12th in the table. You know, they're, they're level on points with a game in hand from Ipswich. And I would probably estimate that you could pick six players from Ipswich and nearly match Cheltenham's budget. 
Um, so so that, that's the size of their achievement. They have been beaten at home a few times on three occasions. They don't score a lot of goals at home. They've only scored 13 goals at home um, this season. There's only a handful of teams who have scored fewer. We're one of them. Uh, believe it or not, there's actually a team who've scored fewer home goals than us this season. That's Gillingham. So I think we're better away. You know, we've scored more goals away. Um, but I just, do you know what? Normally you'd look at it and you'd think Lincoln City away we're not that bad. I think we'd, we'd, we'd lost four games on our travels, but you know, we hadn't lost since Morecambe, I think it was. But I just, I don't have any confidence. I don't have any confidence whatsoever that with the players that he has available at the moment, that we can do the job. The only thing I would say is if Liam Bridcott is fit for 90 minutes, and it's a big if, we don't know about the centre-half situation, but if Adam Jackson is able to play and he plays alongside Lewis Monsmer with Paul and Robson either side of him, you've got the midfield then of Bridcut, you can distribute the ball better. Then you've got the choice of McGrandles, Fiorini, Sorensen, Bishop. So realistically, McGrandles and Bishop in a 4-3-3. You've got all the right ingredients going into that final third. It's just that up front. Yeah, start Dan Anundalu, brilliant. Yeah, I'd, I'd love him to score. I'd love him to score, but I don't think he will. You start hacks. Just no... You don't have, I don't have any belief. I suppose the only upside is there'll probably be fewer Lincoln fans there than there was on on Tuesday, and therefore less pressure on the players. I don't know. Maybe I'm grasping straws there, but I just think it's going to be a really tough, tough afternoon again. Yeah, yeah. I think I probably just to, to keep it short and simple, so that we're not going over the recording time. Um, I think you're probably right. Um, I don't think we're going to take many down there. Um, I know of a few that are going, but it's a bit of a nightmare of a journey, so I'm, I'm going to try and avoid it. Um, but yeah, we, we can't really go into any game with, with confidence in a minute. You know, we've scored two goals in the last seven, last seven, and one of them, you know, was against Bowers and Pitsy in the cup, and what the other one was at, at Carlisle. Um, I think in terms of an attacking output, I think Chris Maguire has been a bit of a highlight. I mean, people might disagree, but I, I, I really like Maguire, and I think he he just causes an opposition, you know, a bit a different. A difference, you know, he played through the middle on um, Tuesday night. Well, I thought he did anyway, and it just caused them a different sort of challenge to what a Freddie Draper or a Tom Hopper or a Dan Lunderly would do. And uh, but at times, and Maguire's up coming to the halfway line and trying to pick the ball up, and you're thinking you're meant to be, you know, our, our centre forward. And but no, it's it, it's difficult, isn't it? Um, yeah, they're, a, they're just to pick problem. up on that. Eh? Just to pick up on that, actually. What you've just said there about coming in halfway line picking up ball, it's exactly what Tom did last year, and it's exactly what he gets criticised for. Yeah. But, and I, th- I think our goal scoring threat should be coming from the players out wide, and that's where Johnson and Scully chipped in last season. So yeah. for me, when you talk about goals, people say we need a number nine. I, I mean, we do need a number nine at the minute because we need Tom Hopper or we need the player doing that work. But it's those, it's the seven and nine position or the seven and eleven positions. They're they're absolutely yeah. vital, and we just don't have anything there at all. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I tend to agree. I think, I think you're probably right, and you know, I, I would be. I, I mean, I don't know about you, but I think I'd take a point at, at Cheltenham. Um, I'd, you know, a, 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 even if it's a nil-nil draw, um, and we continue this scoreless streak. Yes, I want us to see a score, but I think a point above uh, going to a team above us in in League One is not, you know, is no bad point because we were all coming away from the Doncaster game, going, you know, a point in, away a point. Yeah can't really speak and a waypoint in league one is a good point isn't it you know compared to where we've been over the last sort of 10 years or so so you know I think I'd probably take a point at Cheltenham I would 
And if Mariah Carey came in there singing all she wanted for Christmas was me, I'd politely ask her to leave because all I want for Christmas is a goal. Just yeah. one. As long as the opposition don't score two, then it's pointless, isn't it? Yeah, we you score I mean? one at the expense of conceding eight or nine, probably. Yeah, that'd be, you know, that's that's a one, that's another positive. And, you know, we always try and look for the positives here on the Stacey West podcast. We're not getting thrashed in games. People are likening this season to, to Steve Tilson's season. And they're, you know, they're saying, oh, there's less fight. There's less, you know, nobody wants to play for the club. There must be problems behind the scenes. We're not getting thrashed in games. There's only been two games where we've been visibly second best for the whole game for me, and that was Portsmouth and Rotherham. And only in one of those games were we visibly second best because we were poor, and that was Portsmouth. Actually, Rotherham were better than us, infinitely better than us, and we got the point. So I think that's a positive, is that we know that... that I almost say the, the only way is up at the minute. And there are signs there that we're in these games. I mean, somebody wrote an article for me on the site earlier this week and said seven goals is the difference between where we are now and 10th. And I get people go, yeah, well, that's speculation. If my, you know, if my uncle didn't have a penis, he'd be an auntie or whatever. <laughs> I get all of that. But the thing is that literally that is the difference. It's not that we've been getting thrashed 4-0, 5-0, 6-0 every week. And under Tilson, I remember watching us lose 6-0 against Rotherham, 5-0 against Berry, 5-1 against Shrewsbury, 4-0 against Gillingham, 3-0 against Aldershot, all at home. We were blown away. There's absolutely no similarity whatsoever between this Lincoln City side and Steve Tilson's Lincoln City side, which takes us on to the final point for the podcast. People calling for Michael Appleton to be sacked. And you're going to have to excuse me for a minute, Jake, because people are entitled to an opinion. I buy that. And I'm not going to call them out and say your opinion is wrong, Michael, because that's their opinion. I don't believe that their opinion is right. I believe my opinion's right, that Michael Appleton should not be sacked, should not leave this club. And I've got absolutely no fear whatsoever about not having Michael in charge in May because I don't think he's going to walk away from the club because we're not far. I've just said this. We're not We're not actually a million miles away from being a mid-table League One club, which is what we are. Forget last season. People will say to me, and they'll say to you, I'm sure, but you can't keep using the fact we were playing Welling 10 years ago in this context. That's all well and good, but to the same rationale, you can't use then where we were a year ago in the context of where we are now. It's the same thing. You can't have it one way. You can't have your cake and eat it. Do you know what I mean? It's one way or the other. So I don't think that you can use, you can't say where we were last season and kind of um, and kind of use that in the context of this season. And I don't think, therefore, that we're a million miles away. I, don't, I really don't. I don't think Michael should go. I don't think he's going to go. I think that Michael can see that we're making the right sort of progress. Um, in key areas, he knows where we're lacking. I think we're still trying to do the right things the right way. To sack him would be utterly ludicrous. And some of the people that I've seen suggested as, as potential new managers of this football club by, by, by people that I've got you know, time for off social media. And there's a lot of people now who I'll happily speak to in the street, but I won't engage with on social media. I've heard people say, Paul Cook, just been sacked by Ipswich. He's a good manager. Let's get him in. Now, I don't know about you, but the words just been sacked by Ipswich kind of suggest that he's not a good football manager or that well, he's certainly not yeah. a football manager whose stock's high. Yeah. You know, he had, he had a lot of money to spend. He, he bought Joe Piggott in, who's barely had a kick for it. Switch. That boy will score goals in 75% of League One teams. If we could get Joe Piggott in, in the winter window, I'm sure we won't. That would be huge. Great player. Doesn't get a kick for it. Switch. There's your problem. People say Michael Flynn. Get the boy from Newport. What? He left Newport earlier this year. People don't realise that, I don't think. 
because he couldn't take them any further than League Two. We're in League One. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It's ridiculous. It's it. it I just it, it it baffles me that people think that sacking the manager is the 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 right way to go at this moment in time. It really does. Just another name that I did see um, people sort of calling for on banter was Ryan Lowe as well, and he's just gone from he's just gone from Plymouth, who are what looking at potentially doing what we did last year, and he's just gone to Preston in the Championship. What what I don't know what sort of world people are living on if they think that Ryan Lowe, yes, his teams play good football, but he's a miserable old cowardy. Do you know what I mean? Ooh, we and, don't use that word. No, okay. Yeah. Got, should we start that bit again? <laughs> I'll black that out. I'm going to beat that out. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, he's look, he's miserable. He's a sore loser, right? Um, uh, but I don't where I don't know where people are thinking that that Ryan Lowe was ever going to come to Lincoln from from even from Plymouth, you know. So, yeah, I, I mean, I, 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 I take the we, same. Pardon? I don't even think it's about who we we could or couldn't get. I just think it's about the fact that this football club is. It's not in a position where we're going to knee-jerk and fire a manager after after a run of five or six poor results. And nobody was complaining when we beat Wigan and you were looking up the table going two wins and we're in the top six, which we would have been at the time. Nobody was going to complain about about Michael then. And yeah, you know, we're giving it the airtime here because it's appearing on social media. And I'm hoping that if there's anybody listening who was sat on the fence, you understand that the, this football club is is more than just a right. Let's get rid of the manager, bring someone in with new ideas. The ideas around the club are not just Michael's ideas. It's not just him. He is the figurehead. He is a manager, but he's part of this wider structure that includes Liam Scully, that includes Jed George, that includes Clive Nates. There's a culture of the football club. That culture is the passing game. We're going to play out from the back. If Michael were to go, we wouldn't bring a manager in who's then going to hump it forward to a big player because we need to get out of trouble. That ain't going to be what we do. I just... I, I just find it I find it disappointing that people have so quickly turned on Michael after what he um what he did last season. And and again, you know, by the other rationale, it was a team effort last season. There was just as much of Jez and Liam Scully and, and all of that last season as well. But you know, wanting a scapegoat. Or we always want a scapegoat, don't we? Yeah, yeah, I think I think Appleton's had to take the brunt of it. You know, the, the scenes after the Hartlepool game were were pretty vile, weren't they? With with Mags going up to the the co-op stand, which I don't particularly really want to get into because I don't know what was said. But you know, Appleton Appleton is completely the right man to take us forward. You know, I remember we sat and did a the, well, you you and Ben, I was part of, just part of the entourage, did the the live pod at, at the ground with him. And just the, the manner that he came across in was just so impressive. And you think, you know, you only, it only took five minutes for him to start speaking and you go, this man's a real asset for our football club. And, you know, when this this summer that's just gone and he was linked to Preston and he was linked to here, there and, and you know, Swansea in the championship, people are going, oh, no, no, we can't lose Appleton. We can't lose Appleton. Three months later, everyone's going, oh, well, we're not that arsed if he goes anyway. Um, you know, it, it just shows you how quickly football can move. But... Yeah, I'm I'm with you, Gaz. I think Appleton's completely the right the right man to take us forward. And you know, he made us a promise that night. Well, not a promise, but he made a statement that night, didn't he? That he wanted to leave the club in the championship. And you know, you, football's not won overnight, especially the you've got to think of all the factors that have come in. You know, we had the wage cap last year. We had really good recruitment last year. It was a perfect storm for us to go to make that step up, wasn't it? And now all of a sudden, we've had the the rug swept from under our feet and we're back down to the real world of a bit of a bang. And 
and some supporters feel some sort of entitlement and they think that, oh, you know, like, like Tuesday, crew, the bottom of the league, right, we beat them. Cheltenham, they're above us in the league, but we got to the playoff final last year, we'll beat them. And it's that sort of entitlement that I think has driven some supporters to call them for the, the manager's head. And I've seen equally as the, uh, a blame on Jez George. There was that rumour that he had left the football club, but I think you went to an event the next day with him. Um, I don't know. I, I I don't see the point of it. I think if anyone's going to keep us up, I think it's Appleton because the players that we've got are Michael Appleton players. You know, it's not like he's got a mixed squad of Danny Cowley players. He's got a, you know, I, I don't know why I'd say this, but Gary, do you know what I mean? It wasn't like the conference days where you'd have a bit of Gary Simpson, a bit of David Holdsworth, a bit of Chris Moy. Do you know what I mean? It's a bit of this whole squad, if you look at it, has been brought in by Appleton. And I think the only person that's going to, make this team perform the way that Appleton wants it to perform, is Appleton, stupidly enough. But, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think me and Ben sort of made it quite obvious when, when you know, the Misery Twins were on at 148 and we were very much saying that Appleton needed to stay in the job. And I, 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 despite the really poor week that we've had, I still take the stance that Appleton is that is that right man. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't think... No, we've talked about Michael on going on here because it's topical and it's in the news. You know, it's not something I was ever going to write. I, I don't want to be called a club sycophant if I thought that there was an issue with the club or I thought there was some fundamental problem, I'd say it. Been around the EPC, I've spoken to some of the players off the record as well as on the record. I think there are one or two players in the squad who are not happy at the minutes they're getting. Um, and I think you'll get that at any football club. I think you know there are bound to be one or two players who are not 100% you know, skipping and jumping and farting rainbows every time they walk in the EPC because they're not getting the games. But I don't think that Michael Appleton has lost the dressing room, not one second. I think you might have at least one player in there who's not doing as well as last year because he's coming to the end of his contract and probably isn't going to stay at the football club. Possibly, I don't know for a fact. But yeah, I, I don't, again, I, I just think, I think there were, there were one or two players who were not in form. And I think that is, you see that frustration for Chris Maguire, for instance, you know, I, I didn't see him clash with fans at the end of the game. I don't think that's a good look for players. Um, but you know, people want the players to go over and applaud after we've been knocked out of the FA Cup by League Two side. For what? So that they can be booed and have abuse put shouted at them? I, you know, I, I don't get it. If we've lost a game, I don't... I, I, you know, I'm not all fist pumps and sweet Caroline. I, I, don't, I don't really care, to be honest. You know, when you win games, you expect appreciation. Away games, I expect fans, players to go over and, and thank the fans. But... You know, the players weren't happy after the Hartlepool game and and so they shouldn't have been because you know we got knocked out and somebody shouts abuse at Maguire, he goes back and then he's suddenly the disgrace. Um yeah, I don't I don't buy that. I just wish there wasn't so much negativity. I respect people's right to boo, I don't think they should. I respect people's right to moan, I don't think they should. Um, but I just yeah, changing the manager now would be um League One suicide. And you know, I'm not saying maybe at the end of the season, I'll eat my words. Maybe at the end of the season, we go down and people go, well, we should have made a change. You know, hindsight's a wonderful thing. And when things don't happen and you go, well, it would have been different if they had, you're in a position of you're always going to win. Aren't you? If we go down and people say we should have changed the manager and we would have stayed up, you'll never know. So they'll always think they're right. But there we go. Yeah. Can't please everyone, Gaz. No, you can't please everyone. And do you know what? Why would you want to? Because I don't even like everyone. So why would I want them all to be happy? <laughs> do, you um, like any, do you like anyone? Yeah, I like a lot of people. Actually, I'm not. I don't like the general public, as in like just a wide collection of faceless people. But actually, on an individual one-to-one -one basis, 
uh, I like quite a lot of people. I actually discovered this is going to be fascinating, Stacey Westreaders. But obviously, you're very good friends with Mr. Conrath. Yes. And I actually discovered that one of my very closest friends is also friends with Mr. Conrath. Oh. Uh, there you go. Yeah, a guy. Well, a guy called Nigel Drain used to live next to him, and a, a good friend of mine called Ross was kind of friends by them with association. So there you go. We've got um, the people that I like. Do you know what I mean? So, Mutual friends on Facebook, Gary. Yeah, no, these are real friends. These are people that I, I have a, I have a, we have a club. Uh, myself, Nigel, Ross, and uh, Jason, who's a, a Lincoln fan. We have a club called the Gentlemen of the Wolds Club, and once every so often, well, we've done it once, but uh, we've done it twice rather. We pick a different Wolds pub, and we go to the Wolds pub, and we have drinks, and we moan about things like, um, like a group of old school Tories, which we're not, but. <laughs> I might even wear a waistcoat next time. Okay. Well, that, well, 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 you might, do you want to take the high vis? No, no, because it's a gentleman of the Wolds Club. If I wear the high vis, I'm going to look like I've just come off a building site <laughs> and I'm going to get absolutely plastered, do two <laughs> grams of the nose bag, and then go out and hit town still with plaster dripping out my pockets. That's not me. <laughs> this is gentleman. I'm more likely to have a nice big King Edward and a glass of cognac, which I despise. I'd rather have Coke. Um, but if it's for appearances uh then i will if i want oh, it appeared good i don't have a beard at the minute so i'm not technically a gentleman but anyway i think that's it do we have anything else to mention jay ben always asks me that so i'll ask you that uh, not really um no nothing to promote well obviously that go over to the stacy west youtube channel when i can when i can find a support of the opposition i like to do a, a preview show if you want to listen to that just get a bit of insight but Follow me on Twitter. I'm sure Gary will put the link in the description. Maybe not. We don't have to it's, see, un, it's but... unlikely unless I can copy and paste it, Jake, I'll be honest. That <laughs> <laughs> uh, just sort of proves the techni- technological difficulties that we've had this evening. But no, it's just good to be back on the main pod. I feel like a, uh, feel like a vital team member now. So, um, yeah, it's good to be back on. You, you are a vital team member. And, you know, without wanting to blow smoke up your ass, the videos don't get half as much traction as they should because they're always very informative. Uh, and it's been very useful for me that you've uploaded them yourself because you put all the information in there for me to copy and paste into a post. Which, well, there you which go. Works, yeah, which yeah. works well. I'll, we'll but, um, be waiting for all the ad revenues to come in and hit my bank account as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think Ben said that we need to have several hundred followers. Do you need to have so many hundred followers or so a thousand? Well, I'm very worried that Cornell's chasing in on us, Gary. Is he really? Well, how many has he got? We've got 320. I think he's got 250 and he's gaining at a fairly rapid rate. Tells you everything you need to know about the people <laughs> supporting public of the day, doesn't it? I, think I like Cornell. Right. <laughs> I didn't even realise he was still doing his podcast, to be honest. <laughs> I, um, I, 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 I don't even listen to this podcast. Uh, I, I do actually occasionally listen to your previews, which makes you very, very honoured because other than under the cosh occasionally when I'm walking the dog, I just don't listen Brilliant. to things. I, I, shall, I, shall, I, shall, uh, I shall make me next one with a bit of pride then. Yeah, I, do you know what? I'd like to actually get them as an actual podcast because I think sometimes people don't digest video content. Hmm. Um so yeah we ought to maybe look at that but anyway there we go we're basically just talking like ben and i do uh just in case people are wondering uh i know that everybody thoroughly enjoys my dinner updates um fee has actually been away today so when she comes back at about eight o'clock we're having linda mccartney burgers i'm not made from linda mccartney made from one's mozzarella and one says pulled pork so i'm assuming it's not pork obviously um so yeah 
there we go and uh, in case uh, just to, to kind of put it out there i don't know if anyone's aware of this but i actually returned a positive uh, test as well on tuesday uh, lateral flow so um yeah apologies if my workout hasn't been quite as much but uh, i have been struggling immensely so but i feel quite a bit better now i should hope so you've had me on the pod gary well yeah i know <laughs> <laughs> But when my postman delivered the PCR test, he obviously delivers loads of these tests. Because I'm not driving to the showground. It's miles away. I'll just get it posted here. Um, and he obviously delivers a lot of these tests. And he kind of knocked on the window. And as he always does, when he puts a poster, I open the window. We don't have a post box. He's one of the few people I talk to on a daily basis. And he's like, you're right. I was like, yeah. And he kind of threw the parcel at me. I, th- I thought it was Christmas presents. I didn't realise that it was. I'm like, bloody hell, Steve, calm down, like. <laughs> <laughs> he went away i thought steve's got a bit of a head on today hasn't he steve the postman he's got a cool beard by the way and it was only when i went in there and opened it up, he was like ah oh, he must have thought that i've got yeah I, I see what he's doing now so there we go <sighs> right well i'm boring jake obviously so uh thank you very much to everybody for listening thank you to jake for joining us um we'll try and get him on more when we can um and up the imps DMs, thank you very much. It's the 90th minute, and all your mates around watching the imps on iFollow. You've got your McNugget share boxes on the go. Your mate's already got booked for double dipping, but then you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.